Good morning, everybody. What a privilege to be here. Uh, corona stopped us from coming uh, to South Africa for, for some time. Uh, for those who don't know me, I was born in South Africa many years back. It's, this year I actually turned 60, so it's, uh, it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's a, quite, a, quite a stage in your life when you look in the mirror and you feel, you feel young inside and you see that old man smiling back at you. I do smile at myself as well. Just, uh, <laughs> I still think, hey man, you look good. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I've got to convince myself. Uh, see if my, my face, I still recognize my face. Yes, it does. Thank God. All right. Uh, yeah, I had the privilege of responding to the call of God many, many years back. Uh, um, in 1988, I uh, gave up my career as a chartered accountant in this country and with just a suitcase went to Europe because I felt the call of God in my heart. And today, standing here, I can say nothing but that God is faithful in spite of all my shortcomings. God is faithful. I don't know if we realize just, you know, we sing these songs and it's a wonderful um, selection of songs by the worship group. And, 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 and there are moments when you just realize how true they are. And so, as I get into the word, I just like to pray. Lord, I pray that as we open your word this morning, I pray that your spirit, as we, as we sung, pour out your spirit, that your spirit will touch our hearts. Lord, you take us serious. You take this world serious. Your plans will be fulfilled. You have sealed the victory. But our hearts need to see it, Lord. So I pray that you open our eyes and our hearts in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. The world is going through seasons of change. Big things start happening. We see with the corona the last years. We see now with Russia attacking the Ukraine. It seems like we're going from big thing to big thing. And you know, like I said, I turned 60 and like never before, I've got this, this urge in me to say, Lord, as long as I have strength, I want to make my years count. I desire to do your will. Our church, which, which God allowed us to plant 25 years ago, Teas at the back there with our, uh, one of our grandchildren, uh, uh, my son-in-law is preaching at Rosebank this morning with my daughter. Uh, um, but... As long as our strength is there, you know, we, we, plant, uh, we want to do what God wants. Our church uh, will be 25 years in October this year. And we've had lots of help from this church, starting with Leon van Dahl, you know, who came and encouraged us. I, I started planting a church uh, when, I, when I, had, I didn't have any experience at all. I mean, I went, literally just went with my suitcase and got to know the team of New Covenant later. And, but from this church, Jim Lamont actually... It ordained me and a co-elder when we planted the church as elders. We've got to be friends with Gert Joop Dolk, who comes from the church, with Wayne Neuper, with uh, Alexi, you know, these guys. So we, we feel very much uh, adopted uh, very much, uh, to, to this church as a, you know, as a strange son that, that uh, you guys got to know. But what I want, want to just do this morning, you guys are busy with a series uh, on Jacob's life. And I've got on my heart to just quickly go like a, 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 a quick trailer through the life of, of, of Joseph. 
And some things in there that I believe that God wants to speak to each of us personally. So just like a fast forward through 20 to 25 years of Joseph's life. Now, I know most of us know the story, but if we go to Genesis chapter 37 and verse 5, you know, it starts, I'll, I'll start there, I'll first go quick, and then it says, verse 5, then Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, please listen to this dream which I've had, for behold, we are binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf rose up, and it also stood erect. And behold, your sheaves gathered around and bowed down to my sheaf. Then his brother said to him, are you actually going to reign over us? Or are you really going to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Verse 28. You know, we know then, obviously, they, they sold him to the Midianites. Uh, and it says, verse 28, then some Midianite traders passed by. So they pulled him up and lift Joseph up, up out of the pit. And sold him to the Ismaelites for 20 shekels of silver. Thus they brought Joseph to Egypt. Then verse, capital 39, verse 1 and 2. It says, now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt and Potiphar, an Egyptian officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the bodyguard, brought, uh, bought him from the Ismaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, so he became a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Verse 23, the chief, then we, got, we know he got wrongly accused, uh, uh, treated unjustly, and get thrown, got thrown into, into, into jail. Uh, and it says in verse 23, it says, the chief jailer did not supervise anything under Joseph's charts because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made to prosper. Then, excuse me, capital 40 and verse 7. The two of Pharaoh's officials, uh, the baker and the cupbearer, were also there in, in jail. And he asked Pharaoh's official who were with him in confinement in his master's house, verse 7, Why are your faces so sad today? Then they said to him, We've had a dream and there's no one to interpret it. Then Joseph said to him, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell it to me, please. Then um, um, chapter, uh, verse 23 he obviously, when he, he said, when they get, the cupbearer got uh, set free, he said, please remember me, I'm, I'm, I'm un, it's not right that I'm in this jail. And then it says, verse 23, yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. And then verse 1 of chapter 41, it says, now it happened at the end of two full years that Pharaoh had a dream, and behold, he was standing by the Nile. Okay, so then, the cupbearer remembers and he says, I know there's someone who can interpret dreams. And they found uh, Joseph uh, uh, in the prison. And verse 14, it says, Then Pharaoh sent and called for Joseph. And then he hurriedly brought him out of the dungeon. And when he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I've had a dream, but no one can interpret it. And I've heard it said about you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. This is now 13 years after he was sold by his brothers to Egypt. So 13 years where he partly worked for uh, Potiphar and part uh, years he spent in jail. And then, then he interprets the dream for Pharaoh. And then, then Pharaoh says to him in verse, verse uh, 38, 
because Joseph says to him, you know, interpretations belong to God, and he explains, and then he says in verse 38, Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find a man like this in whom there is a divine spirit? So Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has informed you of all this, there is no one so discerning and wise as you are. You shall be over my house, and according to your command, all my people shall do homage. Only in the throne will I be greater than you. Okay, so this whole story started, you know, it's quite interesting. It's, it says it's the story of Jacob, and then we get told the story of what happened to one of his children, uh, to, to Joseph. And it started with him having these dreams, and it actually says that Jacob noticed these dreams, and, and he sort of, he kept it inside of him, but he seemed to forget them in the years that were going by. But, but Joe, Jacob, his father, understood that God spoke through dreams. He understood that, that God speaks to men and women, you know. And now this is, I know for us, we say, yeah, of course. But it's actually so amazing, eh? We, we're not serving a princip- a principles. We're not serving a religion. We're not part of, a, of some philosophy. And we all say, yeah, we just think alike and we trust it to be like. We, we're serving a living God. And we're serving a living God that wants to speak to each and every one of us. You know, it says, and, and it's an amazing thing. I've, I've had not often that God spoke to me in dreams. Mostly God speaks to me through his word. You know, and a text that comes alive and I receive faith for it. But, but one or twi- once or twice he has spoken to me through dreams. And it says in Job, Job chapter 33 and verse 14 to 16, he says, Indeed, God speaks once or twice, yet no one notices it in a dream, a vision of the night, when sound sleep falls on men, while they slumber in their beds, then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction. It's amazing, eh? It's amazing to, always, to also say, Lord, here I am, even, even as I go to sleep, speak to me, work in me, do your work. I wonder if we really open, you know, or, or if our, our following of God has become sort of a you know, tradition and methods and, and not, not really continually, whether we're awake or whether we're going to sleep, open to the living God. God, is there anything you want to show me? You know, the first lesson I learned from, from all these things it, is that God has plans for us. God has not for God sees you, man. There's a reason you are here on earth. There's no one else like you on the whole earth. Seven million billion of people. Not a single one is like you. There's a reason why you exist, why you're alive in this time, in this age, in this time where so many things are changing around the world. This day and hour. God has plans for you individually and for you corporately as a church. You've had such a great history. But the past is gone. What does God want today? What has God got for you, for, for you and for us? 
You know, and I, and, and I think the problem, sometimes you get saved and you, you get a prophecy here or something happens or you get a vision here and, and, and we sort of act like, you know, it's just all going to fall out the sky like, a, thank you, delivered by DHL uh, or whatever, direct heavenly, uh, you know, to a, low, low, a, low, uh, a load shed or whatever, but dropped at my front door. The whole plan of God. You know, sometimes we think that. You think it's just going to happen like that. You know, but we need to be careful how we handle sometimes also the, the things and the nudges and the prophecies and, and the words that we believe God is speaking to us. We need to be careful about that, you know. Sometimes we, we talk too much about it. That's what you see with Joseph. He just wanted to tell all his brothers, listen, this is what's going to happen. And you, I mean, you can expect that they, didn't, they were not going to like it. You see, one thing we need to realize, it's not important to convince other people of the dream I believe God has for me. It's often our uncertainty that want to convince others and try and impress others. You know, people don't put much value on our dreams. You can see Joseph's brothers, you know what value they put on it? On his life, 20 shekels. A shekel is a day's work, so it's, it's not even a month's salary. They didn't have anything more. That's all they had over for it, uh, uh, left for him. You know, so another lesson that we've got to learn is that receiving that word, receiving the dream, doesn't make it reality yet. It's not, it's not just because God's given it, oh, now it's all going to happen, and now it's all, it's there already. His brothers, like I said, hated him. The third lesson, what I, what, I, what, I, what I learned, is that life happens. Because what happens, I see it in this story. I mean, even his family members hated him. And how many of us sit here, come from broken families? Some, you might not even have a good relationship with your own brother, with your own sister. Things went wrong, misunderstandings. You know, life in this world has a way to, to steal and to kill our dreams and to destroy it. That, that sounds a lot like exactly a definition that fits to the devil's work. The devil, he only came to steal and to destroy and, and to kill. That's the only thing he comes for. So we, so we realize there's an enemy who wants to stop everything that God wants to do through you and me. You know, my song, my, my, my wife um, uh, can sing beautifully and she's written many songs. And there's one song she wrote, which was uh, uh, um, meant for eternity. And what happened is we were driving in Nortel in the town where we now live. It's in Germany on the border of, of, of Holland. And, and, uh, um, and we saw one of the a homeless guy walking there, just walking by the road. And then Thea said to me, she said, Eddie, do you see that man there? used to be once that was a young man with dreams and then she wrote a song about it about this voice in my heart is it true that I was meant for eternity is it true that God has more for me is your heart like that this morning is it true that God has more than you think and do you feel like life is stealing and killing what you thought he had you know, and even life happens, even now as in our jobs. You see, Joseph got wrongfully accused. 
and misused and, and, and thrown in jail. So even our jobs, we can, things go wrong. We lose our jobs or someone else gets promoted and think, the way things we, it doesn't happen. And he, like I said, he even got arrested. But you know, we need to know from the story that even that does not prevent God from achieving what he has purposed for our lives. You know, and the fourth lesson is even when you choose, even when you choose for what is right, because this is what Joseph did all the time. He chose for what was right, for what was righteous. Yes, there will be many trials and many sufferings and many challenges. That's normal. But if we trust God, did you notice that everywhere it said, the Lord was with him and made him successful, working as a slave in Potiphar's house, being in prison, the jailer trusted Joseph with everything because the Lord was with him. He trusted him. You know, what we need to, to learn from that is that we serve a God where Romans 8.28 says, we know that God causes all things to work for good for those who love him. There's not a thing in this world that can, if we trust in God, that can stop him from achieving his purposes. You know what I do when things go wrong? I, I, I always do this. No matter what, when I, the first thing I do, I said, Lord, I don't understand this. I don't feel thankful, but I thank you because you make all things work for the good. You see, the world tries to kill our hopes that we serve a good God. You get ill and you think, Has God, why does God allow this? You lose your job. You just, who doesn't God see me anymore? Thank you. Say, Lord, I don't feel thankful. I don't understand it. But you make all things work to good for those who love you. Because you know what happens? You protect your heart. And your heart can remain open to hear what God is saying and how, what, he, what he wants to do. God says in Hebrews 13 verse 5, he says, make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content with you, what you have. For he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What will man do unto me? See, if you live for, I must make money, I must live for the, the rewards of this world, then you're going to worry about those things. But if you live for God, say, Lord, your will should happen in my life. Seek first the kingdom of God and all the rest shall be added unto you. And then, you know, this instance where, you know, he declares the, to one of Pharaoh's employees, the cupbearer, their dreams, he says, please don't forget me. And they forget him. They forget him. Another two years in prison. I mean, what a challenge this must have been for this man. But how about us in today's world? Haven't you felt like almost in this life, this last two years of the corona, COVID time, has been a bit like a prison? Has God forgotten us? Has God forgotten the world? But you know, did you notice that when those two years were finished, and Pharaoh had that dream. They knew exactly where to find Joseph. 
And he was there at the right place at the right time. Imagine if you tried to flee as a slave. Imagine if you tried to escape from prison. They wouldn't have been able to find him. Imagine that. You know, we read these things and you just think, oh, yeah, yeah, it's like that. But what, what emotions this man has, must have gone through. And then he says this word. He declares Pharaoh's dreams, you know. And Pharaoh says an interesting thing to him. He says to him, you, in verse, uh, chapter 37, verse 40, he said, you shall be over my house. And according to your commandment, all my people shall do homage. Only in the throne will I be greater than you. Imagine that this moment of breakthrough, the freedom God gives him. Imagine the, 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 the big authority that he suddenly got and the responsibility. I mean, there's, but, but there's also this amazing thing. I want to say to you, you know, the freedom that God gives us. If you give your life to Jesus, there's an amazing freedom that God gives you. He puts us in Jesus. He makes us free from the world, free from sin. He gives us authority to stand against all the power of the devil. In the name of Jesus, we can submit ourselves to God and, and resist all the works of the devil. But he also says, only in th the throne will I be greater than you. You know, so sometimes, sometimes we, we're not sure when we follow God, what must I do and what must he do? You know, some, some guys say, say uh, okay, from now I'm going to follow God. I'm not going to do anything anymore. I'm only going to do that which God wants me to do. So stand in front of your clothes, your, your cupboard. Lord, what do you want me to dress today? And someone once said, the Lord answered and said, listen, I'm your father, not your mother. So, so there's a great deal where we have to make decisions. We have to, and God gives us this freedom and this responsibility. But he says, yet in the throne, I will be greater than you. Who carries the end authority? Who do we listen to inside here in the, on the throne of our hearts? You know, this is an amazing thing. Because in Joseph's life, we see this. We see this. This is why in everything that happens in our world, everything that happens in life, the, the, the proverb from Proverbs 4 verse 23, it says, watch over your heart with all diligence. For from it springs, uh, uh, from it flow the springs of life. You know, if we allow our hearts to get damaged, to get bitter, to stay in our disappointments. Do not forgive others. What will spring from your and my heart? Guard your heart above all else. There, where, where that throne, where God says, I am greater. There, I, I am God. I'm the one you should follow. You should listen to. You know, now imagine Joseph's life and now we go forward from that moment. Seven years pass of fatness and then one, two years, two years of drought. In the second year, they come for the second time, his brethren. And they don't know that this is, this is Joseph. And for me, this is, you know, every time I read the scripture, this is for me the most powerful, one of the most powerful scriptures in the whole Bible. The moment Joseph makes himself known to his brothers. Because it will be like that, I think, when Jesus makes himself known to the Jews when he comes back. 
but also the moment when Jesus stands before you and me. You know, it says in Genesis 45, it says Genesis 45 and verse 3, it says, then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, please come closer to me. And they came closer and he said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold to Egypt. Now don't be grieved or angry with yourself because you sold me here. For God has sent me before you to preserve life. But, but you, know, you know, you guys, can, can you see this? These words are not, I told you I was right all along. His words are not, now you'll be punished for all the hurt and the pain you did to me. It's not like that. It's, I am Joseph. He takes responsibility for his life. He doesn't blame anyone. He takes responsibility. He takes that which God is giving him in life. He says, Lord, I will run with it. Whatever comes to me in life, because you are with me. And he's, he's dealt with his heart. He's fully forgiven his brother. I mean, imagine, they hated him. He was, he was mistreated in his house as a young boy. He was thrown into a pit. They said, when they thought about it back, they couldn't get, they said, do you remember his, his screaming? Do you remember that? God has come to visit our sin, they say the whole time. Imagine this boy being scared. Rejected by his own brothers, his own the big guys, where a young guy always looks up to. Yeah, he had this big mouth and telling these dreams, I know. And then sold as a slave. Where am I going? What's gonna happen? Foreign country. Then there, find a job, and okay, and realizing, hey, God is with me and starting this process. Hey, maybe somewhere God will make me a free man. I show, I work hard, I fail. And then accused wrongly, things go wrong, chucked into prison. And having to deal with all that, but not allowing his heart to get stuck in unforgiveness. My brother, my sister, has your life got stuck somewhere? Was there a time when you believed God wanted to give you influence? God wanted to do more through you and me. And yet, and yet, I'm stuck in bitterness. I haven't accepted, I've, 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 I've started to doubt whether God really loves me. Or maybe, what even, what happens when, when, when Joseph got forgotten? You know, I mean, he served those, he encouraged that cupbearer. And the guy just forgets him. You know, people don't value the things we do for them. But if we look for them for the rewards, you're going to be disappointed. But he looks to God, I am Joseph. I am Joseph. And you know, and then you see, you see again 30 or 17 years go by and his father dies. Sorry. And his brothers, brethren still have difficulty to accept his forgiveness. So they sent to him and said, we'll be your slaves and everything. And it says in Genesis 50, Genesis 50 verse 16, they sent the message to Joseph saying, our father charged us before he died, saying, thus you shall say to Joseph, please forgive, I beg you, the transgressions of your brothers and their sin, for they did you wrong. You know, his brothers got stuck in their own mistakes. It was difficult for them to accept forgiveness. Maybe you got stuck there. 
Because you know what happens then? Then you can't believe. You know your mistakes. You know your shortcomings. And then you can't believe that there's a God who still loves me. That there's a God who knows my weaknesses. Who knows my mistakes. Who knows my sin. But yet he has provided for it. He sent his own son, Jesus, to die. That he can, that I can be set free. That I can be a new man. And that he can look at me as if I have never sinned. You know, and, and they had such a hard time believing this, his brother. So they want to be slaves. They want to do good. You see, so there's where legalism comes from. I work hard. I'm going to prove to God. I want to show you. know, And I try my best and I keep on getting disappointed. For these brothers, we are now talking 47 years or 37 years later after this happened with Joseph. And they still had difficulty. See, And it says... It says, uh, and now, uh, verse 17 at the end. Sorry, it says, and now please forgive the transgressions of the servants, your servants, of your servants of God, your, uh, of your fathers. And it says, and Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers also came and fell down before him and said, behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to him, to them, do not be afraid. Am I in God's place? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result. So to, to preserve many people alive. So therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. So he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. And how this man has allowed life and God through life to mold him and to make him into an instrument that changed the history of mankind. And to show us what Jesus is like. You know, when he was young, he wanted to rule. My sheep's going to stand up and say, your guys are going to bow before me. But now, now because he's allowed God, where God says, he who wants to be the greatest among you shall be the servant of all. He allowed God to give him that heart. He speaks kindly to his brothers. He weeps because they, he feels the relationships don't get restored unless they receive the forgiveness, which he has long ago given them unconditionally. And then he says, he says, I will look after you. I will be there for you. I will serve you. God's purpose. Jesus in him, you know. It says, Matthew 20 verse 28 says, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. How about you and me? How about us? Have you dealt with these things? Have you allowed God to get you unstuck from where you are stuck? And even though they, his brothers were stuck so many years, even then he didn't condemn him. He, was just, he just wept. You guys, you're missing. What, you're not seeing what God is doing. You're not seeing how what God has prepared. He ministers to their hearts. 
May God, will you allow God to minister to your heart this morning? Will you say, Lord, I've got to let go of that past disappointment. I've got to let go. Even as I'm speaking, please do that. Please react to God. Do you have to, is, is there someone, is there a boss, is there an ex-husband or someone or a father or mother that you have to forgive? Why? Why would you? It's not just for the visitor. No, we want to do this because God has prepared better things for you and me. God has dreams and visions for you. And these things do not need to stop what he has planned, what the Almighty has planned, because no one can stop him. Don't you want to get unstuck? Shall we not say, Lord, let me be broken bread in your hands that others may be fed, that you can send me, you can do with me whatever you want. If we want to take as a church, if we want to take the future, say, Lord, that's what God has. We thank you for the past. This church has got, like I said, such a wonderful history. But Lord, there are many more lands and many more countries and many more towns and cities. If I think of Europe, in Europe there are, there are so many, over 250,000 towns and cities that have no church. But who will go and who will I send who is willing not to be daunted by life because your eyes are on God? I want to ask you, just let the Holy Spirit minister. Let the Almighty God, through His Spirit, minister to your heart this morning because you know what? He loves you. He loves you. And He knows. He knew what would happen to Joseph. He knew he'd go to jail, slave. He knew that. And he never left him. But that you and I too may one day say like Joseph, I am Joseph. Lord, I'm just Eddie. Here I am. My heart has seen the goodness of the Lord. My heart has seen the faithfulness of the Lord. And I know he loves you. Don't you want to respond? Say, Lord, here I am. I trust you. Give you my disappointments. Give you my bitterness. Give you all my mistakes. Give you all my sins. And as I say, you know, time is going by. Before we know it, it's over. Don't, respond, don't wait because today is the day of your salvation.